So you know all the all the big like big shot fancy pants podcasters they just like they just go right into the show they don't do an intro or anything they just start talking should we just do that should we just here we are welcome to the passionate dj podcast i'm david this is matt hey (laughs) we're back again yeah, I'm your host David Michael. This is my special guest co-host Matt Freeman, a uh, yeah, returning champion. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was uh, February or something last time you were on. Yeah, we did an Acid House. And yeah, the Acid episode. House. That was fun. People yeah. like people like that one. Uh, you were one of the first people actually to record here in the new space, but it was before we were doing video. So now we're on YouTube. So welcome oh, to the the video version of the podcast. Nice. Um, and we're just chilling. We're just having a conversation. We don't really have an outline or anything. We're just uh, being buds, hanging out, having a beer. And uh, right, probably I want to talk about this asylum thing. Uh, those of you watching on the YouTube audience will see some of Matt's uh, visualizations back there. And uh, the asylum, uh, well, I, I will let you describe the asylum. What is what was the asylum? So indescribable. Just, it was such a, a crazy time. I mean, you know, it was like... Just those late 90s and warehouse type club and you know just a little bit of everything had the uh had the punks and the goths and the straight edge kids and the outcasts hanging out a little bit of industrial a little bit of techno a little bit of hip-hop a little bit of disco and it just worked and it was you know it's something i wish we still had today but uh it's cool that we still do do the reunions and we get a really good turnout for those so good to see all those people from that time still coming back out yeah so this was a club uh, here in dayton ohio um what was the the time run of that was it the early 90s well it was probably 93 ish okay and then um to about 05 and it changed names a couple times towards the end uh so it ended up as fusion so that was in 05 i believe and then it's was sold and turned into Daybreak. So that's where the building, that's the building now. You can still see that yeah. on Patterson. They just kind of repurposed it. I think by so. the time I got there, it was it was already rebranded as Fusion. So I, I missed the uh, the glory days, but I hear a lot about them. Um, I, I live vicariously through you and uh, our mutual friends, uh, you know, Tommy and Tony and other people who had been there kind of tell me what it was like and it's uh it's fascinating to to glean that information because it was it seemed like it was such a a big uh it was a big venue but it was always it seemed like it was always packed out <laughs> by always. the way people describe it to me as always just a, a big party you know yeah i mean you know wednesday nights wednesdays was i mean easy 1500 people 80s night uh, I mean that's a lot for it, to me. Wednesday. That's a lot in Dayton on a weeknight. Yeah, I mean, uh, and it was every week, and nothing special. Just eighties, uh, line out the door from the front, back. You know, if you weren't there by ten, you're just waiting in line for a good hour. Um, you know, then uh, you know Friday night would come back up again. Everybody's back out. Saturday, everybody's back out. So. Um, it was good. You know, I really liked, I think Wednesdays was fun just because of the the amount of people and the energy. Saturdays was like a whole different 
type of energy just because you know we would be playing so many types of music so the energy kind of changed throughout the night it's just cool to see that many different people just hanging out yeah um so can you uh real quick i'm going to ask you a question and then i'm going to turn the heater off before i forget or it's going to okay. kick on um can you kind of describe your history with that club and tell people what kind of what the context is and why you're involved with what we're going to talk about later with the reunions and everything uh your story as a dj there and, and that kind of stuff well you know it's like i started uh just going uh, actually terry rep he invited me out and uh i hated it i thought it was just so uh uncomfortable i hated the place i said i'm never coming back and then i came back the next week um i started paying more attention to what the djs were playing um after a while terry got me into djing i talked my way into closing saturday nights for the last 30 minutes um from uh another dj joe there and joe uh i just bugged him every week and finally he's just like take it because I, I think he kind of wanted to just get out by that <laughs> time i said cool you know i didn't want paid i just wanted to be able to say i was djing there so he didn't feel like he lost anything no but it he meant, was more than happy. a lot to you because i think at that time you know, we'd be closing at four-ish. So he was ready to go. He was ready to go. So, you know, 3.30 to 4, just take it. So I was happy with that. Yeah. Uh, kind of went into doing some Friday nights as well. And then longer sets, Friday and Saturday. Joe also did the Wednesdays. Um, he kind of stepped away from that. <clears throat> and Eric Heilman and I then we're doing the Wednesdays. Okay. So, uh, and then also, I don't know if you remember, uh, Jeremy Hampton and I were doing contact Thursdays. Okay. So we had Frankie bones, feel good, Paul Birkin, DJ funk. Wow. Uh, Nigel Richards. So we had all those guys yeah. come through and, uh, so yeah, I, I just kind of, you know, I started off that 30 minute slot and then kind of just, got to be involved with more of the, the more of the nights so you got um, your foot in the door and just kind of never yeah. left there yeah and i you know just i just love being there it's just like i said that continuous energy every week and you know that it was different from the wednesdays to the fridays because we had we did have at that time i think it was 1039 the edge the I edge think, is what it was <laughs> so they would come out for a little while and host the night and then we kind of just went over to more alternative you know type music a little bit of techno because uh, I think even then we were having people like uh, hyperactive I think even came out and played so um, soul slinger so one night you know it, it was so random we would have it an alt night then we'd have drum and bass and techno yeah I really wanted to ask you about that because when when I hear people talk about the asylum it's interesting to hear the reactions because I hear a lot of the same things said when it comes to feeling and the vibe and the energy and stuff like that but i get a lot of different responses of like what people remember from the music yeah so like what do you can when when if i were to say to you what was the asylum music like like if you're putting together an, an hour-long playlist what kind of stuff would be on there well you know it's kind of it's kind of funny because at that time when i was playing i was playing more music coming out of Chicago underground construction 
more hard house. Okay. Um, you know, people were really into the whole Bad Boy Bill mix series and all that. Is that what you started with with those little 30-minute sets? It was like yeah, straight into that hard house stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so that had to be fun if yeah, that's I what mean, you got to come out of the gate with. People loved it, yeah. And uh, so I was really more into the techno, but I always loved hearing the ministry and the KMFDM and the Nine Inch Nails. Mm. So it was a lot of people will remember the you know armin van helden remixes of sneaker pimps right. or um mighty dubcats magic carpet ride they you know uh or faithless insomnia insomnia so yeah. uh, a lot of people associate those times with that music but then you have that whole other side with the industrial crowd yeah so two different worlds but, but like it always worked but now i almost you know focus more on the industrial side but we still play you know like eric will play uh, a lot of like the daft punk type stuff and more of the uh, more late 90s dance oh, okay tracks you know so because that crowd still comes out as well like um, like euro stuff or trance or how, no, like, not even you... not even trance um you know just um i'm trying to think you know i have this list on spotify and we have about 20 hours of music on here um <laughs> so, so a wide variety yes yeah, so we have like uh you know the bucket heads the bomb uh you know delight um faithless because when i the thing that fascinates me about and feel free to keep firing some of those off um the thing that fascinates me about the music of the asylum was that it sounded like by the time that i was going out in Dayton, but you know, because I'm I'm a few years younger than you guys, so I when I came in, it was like the hip hop takeover had happened, and so to do the club thing, you were basically playing hip hop, and then like DJs like you and Terry were sneaking in bits of you know tech house and things wherever you could, you know, to but you had to cater to that hip hop crowd, and so that's what I came into. So for when I hear descriptions of that music like to me it sounds more like no that was like that that's the kind of stuff that happened in europe like that's not that's not yeah. dayton definitely not the midwest you know so it's I, I i like even though i didn't experience it it's like i have this feeling of missing it like oh man I, like i missed out on something pretty special there yeah it did it did kind of switch over to mainly hip-hop in the end and um at that time i had kind of you know left uh, and Doug Collins came in mm -hmm. and he did a good job of keeping that going. Yeah. He kept it going for, for a while, for a good while. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, and it's, I wish we had more video of those nights, uh, especially when it was more, you know, the electronic and industrial alternative prodigy type stuff. Um, but nobody had phones out back then. So I, it's hard to find even a little bit of video from you know those nights yeah. i think terry terry rep might have some from the contact nights we did and that's really the only thing i've ever seen so it'd be cool if somebody out there had some video of something you know I, uh, we have a little bank of pictures and every now and then we'll see some new ones pop up but there's just not much floating around from that yeah. time you kind of just had to be there so considering the the time frame that we're talking about here and knowing what I do know about the happenings of, of our city then, um, was there any connection or correlation 
with the asylum or the asylum crowd and say the rave scene of the I late think 90s? so yeah because uh you know there'd be um every now and then a party going on the same night um mm. some people would stop into the asylum head to the party um or vice versa so we still had that pretty good crossover yeah of those two worlds so that was that was good that they were could both happen and you know be supportive of each other was it like you would work together with promoters to like hey let's do an after party and the not, was it there any of that really. going on back yeah, then it, no we didn't really even have to i mean i think there was enough people because there's some of that nowadays yeah and there is but i think then there was just enough people out to support uh just both didn't matter scenes. yeah it didn't matter and, yeah um and it's a little slimmer now yeah. but uh yeah i mean we had it was we had, we had a pretty good crowd back then i mean people wise so and when did you stop uh djing there i want to say whenever went over to fusion i think that's pretty much when doug started taking over and that, that might have been like the last two years so i want to okay. say oh three so i think that's pretty much when he came in okay and at that time the 80s night wasn't um a thing anymore we had stopped doing that um and I can't even remember what we were doing on Fridays. Uh, for a while, too, uh, Eric Heilman did a swing night, like, on Sundays. Okay, yeah. And, you know, that was big. That kind of had its little little he, moment. He brought that back for a, a little while. We did, like, a mm -hmm. swing and kind of, like, rockabilly stuff at, yeah. at the Pearl for a while. Yep. Yeah, so he, he did a really good job with that on, on Sundays. So, you know, again, it's just a whole nother, you know, a whole nother crowd. It's like, it yeah. doesn't make sense, but it just worked. So, um <laughs> It was good to just see that amount of different, those different groups come out to support the same place. You know, we've got a, an episode coming up soon. It's already been recorded. Actually, it's in the queue um, where we're going to be talking about well-rounded DJs. And I think that uh, this is something you can speak to because you have have such a, a breadth of work as a DJ as far as the types of sounds that you've played and, and curated and not only that, but even as uh, like a promoter and the nights that you've built and the, you, you know, you've, you've, you've got a, a lot of smaller brands that you've worked on, but there's also like this Matt Freeman brand, you know what I mean? And I think that's, I mean, there's that, that's probably the designer in you and the artist in you and the DJ in you, all that stuff just kind of conglomerates and, and mashes together to make a personal brand. And that, that's how, you know, that's how people like you are, <laughs> artistic types, right? I think I just can't pay attention to anything long enough. <laughs> well, so I'm just like, hey, okay, I'm going to do this. You're not the first person to yeah, say so that. It's like, yeah. and I'm going to go do this and I'm going to do that. And I think it just keeps me interested in, in all of those things because I still have a love for all of them. You know, I, I love, uh, you know, when Tony hits me up and he's like, hey, we're, we got a new show. And so it's like, oh, cool. We get to do, you know, a flyer for this. You get to look for some new music, you know, yeah. that you have that crowd. And then it's cool to, you know, the next month say, oh, I got to start on this reunion. Totally different. You know, you don't get burned out. Um, yeah. You get to uh, kind of get reacquainted with the old favorites again, the music, um, you know, look through some old pictures. So it's a totally different when it comes to the design, just the look, the feel, the music, everything. Yeah. So, um, I mean, and again, when we did our little, um, you know, Deep House Night at Solar, I mean, it was totally different because, you know, it's laid back, you know, the, the crowd's just like enjoying the music, good food, good drinks. Uh, it's not a late night. Yeah. You're out of there by midnight. And 
no stress. You know? I miss those gigs, man. Those yeah. were fun. Yeah, uh, for those listening at home, Matt and I used to run a somewhere between chill out and deep house and, and you know, jazzy stuff. We, it was that kind of night at a uh, loungy, classy restaurant uh, type venue, and uh, it was fun. And they're open cool. again, so yeah, maybe we'll have to hit them up again for yeah. that. Yeah, I love playing playing those kind of shows, man. It's a it's a different type of DJing, a lot more laid back, and yeah. just kind of kick it. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's one of the the cool things about you is that you've you've had experience with e- even if we're just talking about DJing, throw all the other things out for now. You know, you've you started at the asylum playing that. Well, I don't know if that's where you started, but I mean, yeah, pretty much started that's the story. Where, yeah, okay, at the asylum already playing a, a you know interesting breadth of music, and then you've done the uh, the goth scene music Mm -hmm. you've played to that crowd you've done uh, the deep house and the you know you've just you know when i kind of got to know you you know and i started my going out days was those hip-hop days and so when i saw you you were kind of catering to that crowd but also playing some of your own flavor and then given the you know the the sandstorms or whatever you had to 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 keep that crowd interested and i i learned a lot from watching you do that yeah Yeah, really terry and i even did the top 40 stuff at yeah at pearl those were my earliest days as a dj i was watching you guys do that stuff and it was it was fascinating to watch because my impression was if i want to be a dj i'm not going to be able to play the stuff that i want and then i after watching you you guys do that long enough i'm like bullshit yeah you can't these guys are pulling it off you got to give them what they want yeah and then you have to kind of you throw in something to kind of tell them what they might want Mm -hmm. and then uh go back to what they want you know you gotta keep their 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 attention but um, yeah, it works. I mean, it's just how you really present it. But um, yeah, I think it'd be cool to see more people not just stick with one yeah. genre because it's just more. I, there's so much out there, you know. I mean, so just kind of being able to get in these little little pockets. Yeah. So. But what's your? Would you? Your ideal gig is that like acid house, acid techno, or do you have an ideal? Yeah, man. You know, ideal. Just that it doesn't even have to be that big crowd just like uh a crowd that's really into the music and maybe playing more underground music and it probably would be more of the acid house um stuff they're not even familiar to but they just like what they're hearing you know because yeah, um, based on how we've been describing your djing people might think that you have this like add all over the place style which is not the case you know when like you do the journey thing yeah, Just I'm not going to throw best in uh, yeah. ministry on a night where I, you know, <laughs> for the Paul Oakenfold night. Yeah. You know, it's it's not going to be. Well, like I want to make sure that I don't take away yeah, from that yeah. side of your DJing because you you do that right along with the best of them. You know, and and that's I appreciate that. You know, and you have this like really strong energy with it, which is really fun to watch. Like I know when I go to see Matt Freeman do his thing, that there's going to be. I'm like, all right, I'm. I'm going to be on the dance floor, and I'm going to be tired when I'm done, <laughs> but it's going to be fun, and it's going to be. It's that music that you gotta pay a little more attention to and get stuck in that groove, and that's just what I love about that. And I know I, I wonder if that's kind of because uh, the you know the techno and electronic music and the way you played it in the '90s is so different than mm. now. You know, I mean, it's, there's still the underground element, but um, you know, playing at clubs now, people always want the drop. You know. Yeah. And back then it was just like the groove and like just really getting into it and going somewhere. Uh, both are okay, you know, nothing yeah. wrong with either one. Um, but yeah, I, I try to, I think maybe even combine a little bit of that with uh, some of the newer stuff that will have a drop or whatever. Yeah. 
Um, and, and it is cool to, to play an acid track or techno track that came out in 90 you know it's like i mean that's what 30 years old yeah and it's there's some stuff that was done so well you wouldn't even know you know <laughs> you, you always see always see people sneaking the shazam of the old stuff yeah. and i'm like oh that's cool they're gonna find that that came out in like 94 you know yeah so it's always good to uh expose people to that early it, early music for sure it kind of makes you feel like you're still doing the dj thing when that happens right yeah. because like djing a lot of DJing used to be about like I'm the music curator and I'm finding these things and sharing them with you mm -hmm. and helping you discover them and that kind of went away as we as the rarity of music has mostly disappeared in today's world right which is great and I'm not saying that should change but there are things missing you know from that and so it's it's cool that that you get to still do that DJ thing by giving that to that person who went what what was that and they shazammed it and now they're able to yeah. just you know, take that rabbit hole and use the technology to an advantage and maybe they have gotten into a whole new world of music just because you dropped that track that was 30 years old you know train spotting is totally different now yeah there's no more <laughs> looking at the label what was that um now it's a sperm yeah and there oh there it is cool so yeah it's it's uh you know pros and cons with mm. the the way things are now totally <laughs> yeah it's tricky so uh man what else do you want to talk about you know i thought you could just like come in here and we just talk about subarus we just like we could we yeah. just throw all the music stuff out and talk cars right yeah so what year's yours mine's a 2010 because we both have wrx's yeah yeah base base wrx's not the sti and i got the 17 and i keep saying i'm gonna do something to it and i haven't yet for <laughs> almost two years but i've gotten as far as putting plastic dip on the wheels so that they don't look crappy, and that's about it. But it did come with exhaust, so it already sounds nice. That's good. And tint and stuff. Yeah, I did the tint. That was all I did. Yeah, yours looks great, though. But, uh, yours thanks. is that traditional Subaru blue. Blue, yeah. yeah it's like looks like a rally car just sitting out there in my I driveway. love it. <laughs> I love it, uh, but I think I don't do anything to it because I'm still making payments on it. So oh, <laughs> yeah. <aren't> cheap. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is the benefit of buying one a few years older is I don't feel bad about that. Yeah, and since and I have a warranty, I don't really want to do the mods right. yet. But yep. when that's up, then I'll probably <laughs> probably do them. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it, man. I traded in a Ford Fusion on it, which was a great car. I think the only thing I miss is the six-speed. I went to a five-speed, mm. getting the which the STI has. But so the STI does that have? Does that that's a six, right? It has a six-speed, um, but the the suspension's a lot stiffer. Mm -hmm. And so, like our buddy Tommy has one, and it's like highway driving and stuff is kind of annoying <laughs> for a daily so i'm pretty happy with the because I, I don't feel like um, i'm limited by by the car's handling abilities <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know be what nice I mean? in, the, in the winter too yeah so. have yeah. you had it out the, you had it in the winter last year last yeah. year was my first winter yeah, yeah it's fun and i got snow tires which i got to put on now because we had our first icing here yep. the past few days which was fun yeah, yeah, you got to get those on because it's going to be snowing before you know it. Those cars make you feel like a superhero in that in that oh, weather, yeah. though, which makes, means you got to be careful. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, so um, let's talk about the uh, reunions um, because those have been going on for probably longer than the run <laughs> of the the asylum you know, by now. I think we've done about maybe eight, but we were doing two a year, so now we just went back to doing one and. When was the first reunion? Maybe, maybe four or five years ago. Okay. Um, we were doing this. Seems at, like it was longer Vex. than that. 
it could have been i mean it, it kind of starts all go- coming together you know sure and uh and especially because we did two a year so i'd have to think back when we did that first one but it was probably about five years ago um and we did those at vex and vex was owned by the same owner that owned the asylum scott etzel right so uh it was it was just fitting you know he had a lot of fixtures from the asylum in there there were some tables um even actually the furniture that was in the vip room Mm -hmm. was from parallax so that's right you know that was that was still being used and then eventually the cage the shark cage yeah (laughs) and i'm i you know i finally i got that so yeah you know i had it stored in the garage folded (laughs) up you know it's a shark cage so it was not small by the way can we talk about the the dj booth at the asylum oh yeah the dj booth was this big jet boat um that i think scott might have purchased from florida and I heard, you know, because this thing was like hoisted in the air above yeah. the crowd. It was like big, like warehouse yeah. building type of, yeah. yeah 15 Heat. foot ceiling. Yeah, big, so tall this ceiling. was up in the corner. You could see the whole club from, from the booth. Uh, I heard that he somehow did that himself, got that up. I don't know how you lift a boat up by yourself, <laughs> but he did it. He can do anything. So the um, boat just kind of like jutted out from like from the wall or how would you? Uh, well, there was a big, there was a big access door. Uh, he brought it in, left it right there, and um, so it was on some stands. He he had fabricated some, you know, steel stands. Yeah. Um, and you could walk, you know, you could still do the the loop. That was the thing about that club. It was so it, we always there's a couple of us that always say, oh, if you got, if you have, have a club, you got to have that loop where you can keep <laughs> doing, keep walking. You right. Know? You can't just walk in a straight line. Get the beer, go outside yep. and smoke, come walk again, around, make a request to the, the dance DJ, floor. Walk, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I mean, he had it. He laid it out well. I mean, because yeah. you could see everything. And then the cage was actually at that time, I think, above one of the bars, the front bar. I think it moved at one time or two times because it, it might have been next to the K or to the boat. And then it, in the end, when it was fusion, it was above the dance floor. And I think they had like a hoist, a, a motorized hoist mm. where it would put people in it and then take it up. How so, was the, the sound and lighting situation in there? Uh, the sound was, you know, it was loud. He had it, uh, he, he, I believe he did the sound as well. Um, there was a nice big pit area that had like, you know, a raised dance platform mm-hmm. right in that area, you know, is where all the bass hit. You had that nice big sweet spot. Um, the lights were at that time, you know, uh, a lot of strobe, Good you enough, know, yeah. a lot of this <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what they, you know, and now everything is so different, you know, yeah. um, but it was, it was well lit. The sound was great. Um, you know, of course we would run it so loud, you know, we were always yeah. replacing it, but <laughs> I mean, it was, cause eventually a lot of that sound ended up in Pearl and Pearl. Yeah. And it so sounded good in too. there. Cause yeah. that was a much smaller space. Oh yeah. I can't believe that we had all that from the asylum in <laughs> Pearl. So yeah. When they moved that stuff in there about blew the roof off. Yeah. I, was like, I mean, that wow. was, that was, that sounded good. Yeah. Um, and I think he did some up, upgrades as well to yeah. that. But uh, it was cool to see a lot of that still, like, you know, being kind of repurposed into into Pearl. So, um, yeah, and let's see. I, I came across, you know, with some of the decor in the asylum, too, was the, the mannequins. They had about maybe 50 or so naked mannequins. mannequins that were, you know, up on, uh, kind of raised up above you. Uh, so I tracked one down. Uh, Tommy Penguin found one 
at a garage sale. He's like, man, you got you wow. to go get this. He's like, this is one from the asylum. <laughs> so I picked that up. And, uh, you know, I always bring it out to the reunion. Yeah. But so we always, we, I always bring that and then uh, have, uh, I have the cages now kind of installed there uh, for the time being. So people use it, you know, all the time. Yeah. So it's, it's cool that it's still being used. So this next reunion is when? It's going to be Friday, November 23rd. So it'll be Black Friday. Coming right uh, up. Yeah. And we were doing them Wednesdays because, you know, back then everybody, that was the biggest night of the year to go out was the night before Thanksgiving. Everybody's in town. Well, now everybody's older and they have kids and yeah. they're cooking. So they're not going out. So that Friday, they're ready to get away from their families and, you um, know, yeah. and dance. So. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I wanted to ask about that. Like, is do you find that to be a struggle because you are you are by doing a reunion show you're inherently limiting yourself to a certain amount of people and a certain age group who by now ha you know have kids or careers or whatever is happening in their lives and aren't necessarily going out all the time is that a struggle no, no. i mean cuz see they 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 don't go out all year but they will go out that one night uh, it's because they, it's they that plan special. for it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I'll probably always keep it that night. So they, they do know, uh, they're aware they can plan, you know, to, uh, you know, cause a lot of them do have kids so they can plan to have the kids, you know, a babysitter. But now some of these people that are coming out now have kids that are able to go out cause they're 18. <laughs> so you have some that are bringing their kids yeah. and that's, it's a little, it's like, is this happening? But it's cool, you know. I mean, <laughs> the because, Twilight Zone. Yeah, but but they've um, have kind of um, shared that music with them, so they're familiar with it, uh, and they get into it just as oh, much cool. as the parents do. Um, but uh, yeah, so we have. I just had my dad on the show the other day, so yeah, I saw yeah, that. I, mean, I, I think that kind of stuff's cool. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but um, yeah, uh, we do have some people that never went to the asylum. But they've never missed a reunion because it's kind of like the closest thing okay. to that. So uh, they've been coming This is the out. guilt trip part of the show, right? Where you, you tell yeah. me that I could be experiencing it you could. by coming out. Yeah, and you can and you will because you're going to be there Friday. <laughs> you're bringing everybody right. with you. That's right. So. We'll have a party. Yeah. It does sound like a lot of fun, man. It is. And it, it is so um, – sometimes it's hard to wrap your head around it because you we, – we, we're not going to play anything new. It's going to be everything from that time, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do a request list, but, you know, we know pretty much what everybody's going to want to hear. And it's just to think, wow, I just played, I've played this music for these people for, you know, since the late 90s. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're all kind of back together and playing the same music. So it's just like, uh, it just doesn't make sense that you're still able to do it sometimes, you know, because you, yeah. everything's the same. You're just, it's just so much longer. So what kind of turnouts have you been getting for these and have they been steady? Have they gone up and down? Have they dwindled? How's that? They're actually out? getting bigger. Are so, they really? Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of cool. Cause I, that's fascinating. I, I, sometimes people say, why do you keep doing it? And I'm like, because it's, people still want to go it's out. Successful. They still have that, you know, they still want to go. So why, why stop? Because it will get to a point where we don't do it. And then that's not the answer I expected you to give. Yeah, I, I expected it to to wane. Yeah, you know? I mean we we've I think last year it was over two fifty. Really? So this year that's a good it, reunion. Yeah, and this year it seems like we're getting a really good response this year. Um, I feel it'll be maybe bigger. Uh, we could hit, it'd be cool to hit capacity, which that might even be capacity at therapy. You know. Yeah. Um, 
but uh yeah i mean it's cool that it is getting bigger i mean i just never would have i just never would have guessed that so does does that crowd expect a certain genre or do they expect a certain random mixture because it was so varied well i think we're all on the same page you know we're gonna hear they're gonna hear uh, we could pretty much just print a piece of paper with a list on it and (laughs) they can just check off what they want because it's it's gonna be we're gonna play what they're probably requesting um we don't usually hear or see a lot of things on the list that we didn't play um but you know sometimes like i said the people that maybe weren't there um might request something but you know if it like, works does somebody come in and like maybe they weren't there for the asylum days but they hear 90s music and they're like oh can you play tupac or whatever maybe yeah, you did play tupac i don't know but you know were, what i'm saying yeah. like and if it you, you got to make a judgment call would this work this one person might want it was does everybody else want it uh is it and sometimes you know they'll request something where we're like oh man we never even played that but that will totally work okay. and sometimes we're like yeah, we're not. So you bend, but won't break. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. So whatever makes sense. You know, you okay. want to keep you want to keep everybody happy, and you know that's the thing. We always do the request. I mean, um, and you know, we start at nine, which is like, you know, uh, I'd say some, most events nine o'clock. You don't have a real big crowd gathering at nine, right? But since everyone's a little bit, you know, older, they're there at nine o'clock. Uh, I think. By 9.15, we had 50, 75 people, you know, last wow. year. So that, that, was, that was good, you know, because then more people come in, they already, they already see that crowd there. So it's, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good start to the, the vibe of the night. And they stay till the end. You know, we, we stay open probably 30 minutes after Nathaniel says we're closed. <laughs> so we just keep going, you know, if they're there, you know. So I guess so. we should, this is at Therapy. I yeah. Guess. Therapy so Cafe, Third Street, Dayton, Ohio. Yep. Um, yeah. So the, it's fascinating to me that 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 crowd is growing, and that you're seeing fresh faces for a reunion show where you play th- what are what are essentially th- throwback jams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that that you're seeing a size increase in a smaller city, no doubt. I mean, mm-hmm. this you know this isn't like a a growing brand that you've built. You know, in, in a suburb of New York that has. You know, it, it, this is just fascinating to me that that's working. Yeah, we're not recreating anything, but I think it's just maybe people just like the fact that it's still alive, you know, because yeah. like, uh, like, you know, 1470, that was like such a big club and that was open way before the asylum. But um, they do reunions. There's not as big of a turnout and it kind of, you know, I'd love to see more people even come out for that. You know, the more, the better. Yeah. Um, but you know, we're all going to get to a point where there's just not, you know, either the turnout's low or, you know, it's just not, doesn't make sense to do it anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I think about it where I'm like, wow, eight more times, I'm going to be 50. I'm like, we're going to be 50. <laughs> so it's going to be like all these old folks dancing. <laughs> but, I mean, that could work. I mean, some of the, the goth nights are kind of that way. Yeah, and if it works, I mean, I'll keep doing it till it just doesn't make sense. I mean... Yeah. Because uh, I, I love it's to great see those that, people. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Like I, I see there are some regulars, and, and especially the, the goth scene stands out to me just because I know a couple of specific people that come to mind. But I'm sure that this is in every crowd. And th- that's awesome. That used to be an odd thing, and I don't think it is anymore. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Which I think is a, a good thing because, you know, clubbing doesn't have to be about broing out. Yeah. And 
having college parties and you know doing shots and getting crazy you know it can be about this camaraderie and this community and friendship and shared interest in music and that's that's super awesome that you've you've found yourself involved in so many different ones <laughs> yeah i mean i mean all these little groups these pockets i mean the pockets the, is the, the, the the crowds uh are just you know you just want to keep in touch with those people you want to see them out i mean so it's it's i don't know i i again I'll, and i'll keep doing all those different you know playing for tony or whatever if we could do a deep house night i'll keep doing that i'll just i would probably just do it till it doesn't make sense come do a live stream by the way that'd be good if you want yeah we can do a do a little acid live stream yeah that'd be good do one after the show if you want i'll see if i have some music with yeah me. all right it would take me about five minutes to set up there you go sweet all right yeah by the way this I'm trying not to be distracted by your visuals back here on the screen for the YouTube audience here, but yeah. So Brian Mills, uh, he used to go out all the time, and he did these visuals, and he had sent them to me and um, I think Chris Favorite and uh, Dwayne that DJ from 1470. So um, a couple of us have this, and and he had used these visuals for some nights, I believe, and um, so now we're kind of incorporating that into the night. So we'll have the all this showing. Um, and I have a, a nice big um, collection of pictures as well, so we yeah. kind of go through those. So. Where's all this footage come from? I have no idea. No, you know, yeah, Brian, <laughs> Brian did all of it, and uh, you know, I'd have to ask him where. I, I don't know. I think he just kind of spliced everything together. I mean, he, he was always good at that. So you just got like the uh, asylum. I like that asylum circa two thousand. <laughs> yeah. And what's mindfuck? What part? What's well, that, that referred was, to? Uh, that was kind of like the, the all the security had those shirts, and on the outside of the club it said circa 2000 dance. So mm. I think he probably just didn't want to have mindfuck on the outside of the building. <laughs> so um, yeah, so it kind of was like an explicit version and then a censored version. So yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah, so mindfuck was pretty much what happened every Saturday. You would go there and you know drink drink all night you know <laughs> i can't tell you how many fights there were you know that was yeah. like a whole other aspect of that night you know it wasn't a good night if there weren't like five fights <laughs> but you know i i just kind of steered clear of those because yeah. i could be in the boat and i could just watch oh man look at that one <laughs> so but. since you've had you've had so much success kind of i don't even want to say bringing back i guess like maintaining um scenes that wouldn't otherwise have a home here you've had a lot of success in, with your involvement in that is there is there any that you that you haven't had success with if that makes sense have is there anything you wish you could get back that that isn't around anymore or ah man that's a good question i don't know it's like any um, scenes that have faded away over time that you miss you know i really like those late 90s this the late 90s rave scenes really when it was just in a in a that's what everybody just a says dirty you know warehouse it was just so stripped down and raw and you know, uh, a lot of the Detroit DJs, Chicago DJs, just um, just the raw elements. Like, I really miss that because I felt like that was very artistic, you know, in its own sense, because um, you're just taking a, a place that no one uses. It's a it's essentially abandoned. Yeah. And you're transforming it into that venue for the night. So um, it's all festival now. Yeah. And I, I think festivals are, are good as well. But yeah, I really miss those days of just, you know, a map point, you know, and then going to the the event and 
it was just about you, you might want to explain that for our younger users yeah i mean you know listeners. well you used to have to call the the there was all the numbers on the on the flyer so you'd have to call they'd give you the map point to get the map to get to the venue so you know you weren't just going straight there but you know that was part of the adventure you know you're like pulling up to here you get your little map and then you're like oh cool it's right there but you know it's just i i would love for that to i would love to do an event like that again where the people are there because they put the effort into figuring out what was going on they wasn't really just because everybody else was going or you know whatever reason i mean it's they put the time into figuring out what what it was so you you could only um the the promotion was through word of mouth yeah, like and, and you, had your, you had your voicemail, you know, mm-hmm. you would... The hotline. Yeah, the hotlines, you would call those and, you know, yeah, I, I, I miss those those days, just that whole that whole feel of it. Um, it seemed tangible, you know, it seems like nothing's mm-hmm. tangible anymore. Everything's, uh, you know... Streaming and cloudy. Yeah, and I mean, you know, just the whole day of digital. vinyl, you know, touching vinyl and carrying the records and the turntables and now everything's like flash drive and... Um, all the pictures are st- everything streaming you know it's just it's not it's real but it's not it's nothing you the know? music's real but the medium's not and yeah. that's hard for collectors to deal with yeah because you, you don't really you know you can you can go through I'm sure you can go through all these records here and say I remember when I bought this mm-hmm. where I was when I bought this and I'm never going to be like I remember when I downloaded this mp3 and right um but it's it's still it is very more it's a lot more convenient i'll tell you that to just carry one little flash drive yeah. in your pocket i mean it is the same we you can, know we can feel nostalgic over it and still realize yeah. that it's ridiculous for us to be doing that yeah. on the regular now yeah, yeah. i mean I, I yeah i couldn't imagine just bringing records anywhere at yeah. this point but uh, you still I got would, some though yeah. yeah i mean yeah i have thousands of them but and i would still like i would love to come here and just do yeah, next, all vinyl i was going to say do an all vinyl one next yeah, time yeah i mean because you just don't you don't see that as much and it's and it's cool like you'll see that is the cool thing with the streaming thing though is like you can you can find an audience to play whatever you want to to whoever mm-hmm. you know it so you want to you want to do an all vinyl set cool turn on the camera and let's do it you know whereas yeah. it's like oh i gotta drag all these records out to this club that's not going to have tables anyway and i'm gonna break my back over it and blah 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 you know you can kind of do things on your own terms and you can get so much i mean you can get so much music you know streaming now that doesn't even come out on vinyl yeah. so uh, I mean, there's so many, there's advantages as well to that. So I'm not knocking, you know, technology or any of that now. Cause I mean, I, I definitely love to just throw my drive in and just. Oh, you've used a little bit of everything by now, right? I mean, yeah, when I met you, and when I met you, you were using Serato, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. On like an all in one CDJ unit with what time code CDs. Is that how you I were doing that? At that time. Yeah. It was like a rack mount. Yeah. Uh, the rack mount version of the CDJ 1000s. It was that, whatever that rig was, at CMX something or other. Yeah. And you were using that, and you had like an all-in-one unit. And then when we were playing at Salar, we were playing on tractor setups. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you do the record box thing, um, and I've seen you play records. So you're, you're kind of like, uh, I'm the same way. I just like playing on a little bit of everything. Uh, what are you f- doing I, now? Well, I mean, I still have the feel of vinyl. I do like Serato because you can still have that feel of vinyl. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of cool to be able to use tractor um you know the new tractor has uh time code support built in that's the yeah, have have separate license i haven't used i haven't used tractor for a minute because it seems like lately i've just been using the cdjs and just just playing you know off the flash drive but you can um, check out my um demo video of tractor 3 on youtube.com slash passionate dj <laughs> ding 
I'll have to check that one out. <laughs> but yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would, I, I don't know. I would use it. I'm a cool with using whatever. I mean, well, what are you, what are you using for the reunion? Uh, for the reunion, mm, I'm just using Serato. Um, because, um, I mean, you know, you don't have to get fancy. You just, just play the music, play it well. And just, you know, yeah, it's, it's very stripped down. It's just so it's, it's very, there's just not a lot, you know, just play the good, play the music. Everybody wants, you know, they want to hear the throwbacks. And as long as you hit the request, you don't have to do any tricks. You don't have to do anything fancy. You just, just, it's not about that. Don't remix it. Just play it, you know, because if you do, they're going to be like, what are you doing? (laughs) That's not how it sounded. then. You're like, okay, cool. I won't do that. Yeah. Know your crowd. Do you still have uh, tractor stuff? You have a, like an S4 or something at home? Um, I have the Denon mixer. The I, there's a Denon, and at this point, I don't even I don't remember which one it was. It's an all-in-one, but you can you know I can use tractor and Serato on it. Which Denon? Um, uh, I can't remember which one it was. I haven't even, I haven't even looked at it for like probably three months. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, I you can hook up the turntables and or CDJs. And it has the you know. Wait, was it my old mixer? No, because that was the that no, was the you bought my five hundred. Yeah, that was that's a five hundred. Right. I used to have a, a DN at sixteen hundred. Okay, yeah, but that five hundred though is by far probably one of my favorite mixers because that was just <laughs> well, that, 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 that was just a standard for so long. You that know? thing's made the rounds. That particular yeah. one too. Yeah, <laughs> I good, used it for mixer. a billion years, and it was used for a billion years before I had it, and you had it for a billion years. <laughs> now the mixer that I started using at the asylum was a Yuri 1620. So it was all knobs and oh, rotary. Yeah. So that thing was, that's like the standard, you know, what that, did you think of that? Cause a lot of people know, really still like rotary. I, I like it. It's totally different feel mix wise. Um, but I did, I did like it. Uh, you kind of always had to figure out what volume you were at. You know, I mean, it's just, it wasn't the same. There was no meter. Um, not even like analog with the needles no there's nothing no um part of me really wants an old mixer like that that has a needle yeah i (laughs) I love that look didn't the gemini's have that wait was it was it the gemini what was it i can't remember i remember i because i remember what one of the first mixers i got was from terry rep yeah and it might have had it might have been a radio shack i mean (laughs) it was but it had those meters yeah, um, it reminds me of old like '70s vintage like yeah. hi-fi electronics, you know. And those are those are totally fun. I mean, I would love to do do a set with the Yuri or, uh, you know, I mean, but these are fine too with turntables as well. So we well, you know the the Allen and Heath the the Zone 92 they had a rotary kit for that you could convert it. Yeah. And now they have the the Zone 96 like the new generation of it, which is you know actually has the built-in sound card and all that stuff. I, I wonder if they've if they have or if they are going to to come out with one for it i don't know i mean and you there's can part of me that's pretty curious about like I, i've always fantasized about having a rotary but i've never actually owned one so it might change you can my still tune. get those the but if you look on ebay there's like 3500 bucks oh yeah you know, the, because they're the boutique been boutique and, ones yeah, and stuff yeah but it's still that's um, some nice looking ones yeah those like are, those are good mixers. so yeah. look into those for sure the 1620 that was like yeah the Yuri 1620 was like the just the standard you know in that time yeah I was really a big fan of that that rain mixer the MP mm-hmm. 2015 with it was a rotary 
Um, but I kept reading reviews on it, and a lot of people mentioned that it sounded really digital and harsh and stuff like that. I'm like, wow, that kind of defeats the purpose for me. If I'm gonna, if yeah. I'm gonna snob out, I'm gonna do it right. You know what I mean? It's gonna sound warm and analog and blah blah blah. I'm gonna hear, hear people describe it that way. All right, man. Is there anything else that we should uh, bring up or? No, just come out Friday. Come out Friday. Come out Friday. We're opening at nine. We'll be going until hopefully three thirty or so, and. You know, it's like if you want to kind of have that feel of going out and people not worrying about being on their phones all night and all that crap and, you know, come out and be social and dance and drink some Jameson with us and some beer and have fun. Well, thanks for coming back, Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate Appreciate it. it, I'll get you set up and play some tunes for a while. All right, let's do it. Thank you to everybody. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube. Also, don't forget to check out our monthly bonus show called After Party. You can gain access to that by becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash passionatedj. Thank you guys so much. Keep on spinning. This has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. Ciao. The way my nose points is like right into the mic of where I try to adjust it so I hear myself breathing. Mm. So I have to try to cater to that. But you also want the mic close for the best sound. <laughs>